When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Shop weekly sales and get personalized coupons to get the most value out of every trip, every time, whether you shop in-store or online. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. listening to Let's Talk About It. This episode, I have a special, 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 special guest. Her name is Danielle Maltby. Hello, Danielle. <laughs> hey, Tay. <laughs> um, and so today's episode kind of came up pretty authentically. We feel like it'll be something that's very relatable. I felt like it was a good follow-up to our last episode on alcohol abuse with my mom. And Danielle and I met on The Bachelor, which was... Great experience. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yes. And then we were also on Bachelor in Paradise together. Um, and one thing that we discussed this week that came up was self-care and how sometimes we can struggle with self-care. Uh, Danielle works as a, is a prenatal nurse, right? Uh, yeah. Neonatal intensive neonatal. care. Yes. Neonatal yeah. intensive care nurse, which is just beautiful, but also so intense. (laughs) Very. Yes. Yeah. It's rewarding, but it can also like punch you in the gut Mm -hmm. most days. So. Yes. And Mm -hmm. so we wanted to talk about self-care, not only in terms of people who are in helping fields, but also just self-care in general in our personal lives. So we'll kind of touch on both of those topics. But before we get into discussing self-care, I just want us to take a few deep breaths together. (laughs) Um, I feel like sometimes that is a very important piece of self-care that we totally forget about, which is just to focus on our breathing sometimes. Yeah. I'll do that at work. I will literally go and I'll hide in the bathroom for like 10 minutes. And I'll just be like, I just need some minutes to breathe. (laughs) Yes. That's perfect. Okay. So I just want us to like take a deep breath in through our nose and then exhale out through our mouth. And if there's any area particular in your body where you're feeling stress, maybe it's in your shoulders, maybe you're feeling like your stomach is in knots to breathe through in that part of your body. Okay. Okay. So take a deep breath in through our nose. Okay. That made me feel a little bit better. I don't know about you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel a little better. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit of centering. So when I started thinking about this episode and what we would talk about in it, the the first thing that always comes to my mind when I talk about self-care is when you're on a flight and you're on the airplane and they give you the run through Mm. and they show you the oxygen masks and they say, don't forget, put on your oxygen mask before assisting others, including small children. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that that's such like your first instinct would be, oh, no, 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 I need to put the mask on this child, you know, but yes. that actually you need to put your mask on first. Yes. So that you can better help um, everyone else. Exactly. And then even the, the cup yeah. analogy too, you know, like you can't pour mm-hmm. from an empty cup. Exactly. Nothing will come out. You can't give anything. Yes. So like we need to make sure that we're doing things that are actually filling our cup, which would be our self-care. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so 
how we talk about self-care, you'll hear me mention our cups very frequently. And I'm starting to re- like learn and become more aware of my language throughout doing this podcast. Like I talk about boxes a yeah. lot. Now I'm going to talk about cups a lot. <laughs> but it's good. Like some people need that like object analogy, you know, mm-hmm. they can picture it and it's helpful. Yes. So one of the reasons that I wanted you to specifically come on this episode to talk about self-care is not only because you are someone who works as a caregiver professionally, but also because you're just a very nurturing person in general. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know that about yourself? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Definitely the caregiver. (laughs) Yes. Like you're like a very nurturing friend, like even in friend groups and on the show, you know, like people would kind of lean on you or look to you for that kind of nurturing care. Yeah. Well, but it's like, that's something I like to give too. Like I know, like it's a part of me. I just really, um, I give a lot, but Mm -hmm. that also tends to make me that person that kind of drains myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't take enough time to care for myself. So, which kind of really throws <laughs> on this whole topic. <laughs> yes. Well, you, and you bring up a really good point there that like sometimes giving to others can actually fill our cup. But yeah. oftentimes it, if it's overdone and we don't have that self-care, that then giving to others can actually become something that takes away from our cup and that really actually empties us. And that's something to be especially aware of in the helping field as well, because Mm -hmm. you are giving so much to other people. And oftentimes it's people who are struggling with a serious illness, whether it's mentally or physically. um, And that that is very intense. Yeah, it it really is. And Mm -hmm. I mean, especially in in the field that I work in too, it's like, you're not just, I'm not just there taking care of the baby who, who's like my patient, but I'm also um, a support system for the parents, you know? So it's like, I've got the child to take care of and I've got the family. So it's, it's like, it's double duty essentially. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about what kind of babies you're working with? So my patient population um, centers around um, very, like critically sick um, infants in like the newborn stages or that have been born prematurely. So I'll be taking care of babies that are um, born at like 23 weeks and on. So they basically only, um, they're basically born at least like four months early, four and a half months early. Um, That's scary. And, or it is, it is really scary. And it's really like, it's weird almost like seeing these, these trans little humans, like they're, they're definitely not supposed to be in the outside world yet, but they are, they are here and they just want to survive. So it's, that's a bit of a tangent. Uh, no, no, not at all. I think it's, it's important. And I think that the people that follow you and admire you and relate to you are often, you know, curious about what kind of specifically the work that you're in is. So I think yeah, that's important. I do, yeah, I do get that a lot. And it's like, well, people will always ask too, like, are you still a nurse? Like, do you actually work? Like, why don't you post about work? And it's like, I, I can't, like, legally, like, I can't just sit there and take pictures of other people's kids that I take care of and, like, post them on the internet. Like, that's illegal. <laughs> can't Not only that. is it illegal, <laughs> but it's also that crossover of work life versus personal life. Yes. 
which yes. a part of self-care can be, you know, keeping those things a little bit separate. And I think that's when you can yeah. start to tell that neglecting your self-care maybe, or that the, the mm-hmm. caregiver part of you is starting to maybe take over your life that there isn't yeah. ever any time to focus on yourself. And I think that's where compassion fatigue comes in. And that's just like extreme Definitely. exhaustion, whether it's mentally, yeah. physically, spiritually. 100%. When we talk about compassion, that is literally to suffer with. So even when we're being compassionate towards other people, we're also experiencing that suffering personally. And yeah. that fatigue sets in then when we don't actually practice or have little self-care. Yeah. And it actually, it was really setting in for me um, around the holidays because we just had a really, uh, you know, sometimes like things just come in waves at the hospital. You'll have like waves of really sick kids or you'll have like these just like freak accidents that happen to parents, you know, and it was just a really, it was, it was definitely more sad than like usual in the NICU for the last like month and a half. And it, it was really weighing on me. You know, it's like, I'm, I don't live close to my family. I, um, I work a ton and I work nights. So it's like, you're there essentially for two days. So that's draining on your body. And then you're trying to take care of these, um, these incredibly sick patients and their families. And you do, like I was, I was very drained. I was very, very exhausted. And I was, I was definitely like, my cup was empty. Mm-hmm. Like I really was feeling like I didn't have anything else to like give at that moment. And I just really, and like talking to you, like we, we talked about this really kind of helped me like center myself back and be like, okay, I need to like, I need to just take some time for me and know mm-hmm. that that's 100% okay. Yeah. And I think that was actually around when we let out the self-compassion episode and we were mm-hmm. like, yeah, we need to like, take some time for ourselves and, you know, be mm-hmm. practice actually being compassionate with ourselves because we have been putting so much energy into other things. And I remember when you had told me everything that was going on at the hospital and everything you were dealing with, I was just like, wow, like, yeah, D, you need to take some time for yourself. That is okay. And I am giving you extra permission to do so. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Because sometimes you do need to hear that from like someone else too. Like, no, it's okay. You know, like you can take, you can take this time for yourself. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's totally okay. Cause you can feel selfish if you're like thinking it yourself that like, man, I just really need like people to not bother me. I need like, I can't just give you everything right now. I need some time for me, but like, it's not selfish, but it does help to hear that from someone else. Yeah. It's not a selfish act either. Yeah. And I think that sometimes especially being people who are naturally nurturing or who are in a helping field that we can start to kind of feel guilty if we're not helping yeah. other people and that we feel guilty exactly. focusing on ourselves when you're 100% right. Self-care is not selfish. And I no. think that gets really you know, misconstrued in our society that you know, if you focus on yourself, that you're being selfish. And built mm-hmm. into the word selfish is this inherent negativity that you are only focusing on yourself in a way that is intentionally or purposely going to impact others negatively. And when you take time to focus on yourself to fill up your cup, that's not being selfish. Mm-hmm. No, because like, and I actually had this um, discussion with some of the managers at work because I was you know, I'm very thankful that I have a really um, 
great supervisor at work that I can go and I can talk to and be like, look, like things are just really stressful right now. And I just need someone to kind of like vent to like things are just really, you know, they just hit you kind of hard. And, Mm -hmm. um, but it was, it was, it was good to be able to kind of have that sort of resource to to vent to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important for a lot of us, you know, as human beings, we're very social creatures (laughs) Mm -hmm. as much as we might like our alone time. You know, we, we can actually fill our cup up by talking to someone else about our stress or by, you know, simply reaching out and asking for help. And I think even to, to do that in and of itself, you have to be open to the idea of getting help. And I think think that's something that people, especially in helping fields and honestly in our society in general, that feel Mm -hmm. like they're either someone who gives help or they are someone who needs help and that you can't be both. And so not true. No, it's not true. We are all both of those people. (laughs) Yes. And I think the more that we are open to receiving help, the more we will Mm -hmm. actually be able to give better help. Yeah. Like, and that was one thing I was struggling with, um, like a couple months ago, because I felt like I wasn't, I was almost dreading going into work because I didn't know like what was the next sad thing that I was going to be dealing with, even though there's, there's plenty of like beautiful, happy things that come out of the NICU, but like, it just was one of those waves where it was just one thing after the other. And I felt like I wasn't being my best self at work. And that was really bothering me because it is a job that I love very much. And it's very dear to my heart. And I was like, what do I have to do right now to continue to be like the best nurse that I can be and be the best resource um, and advocate for these families? Yeah. So, and yeah. I imagine that that might have taken you some time too because I know mm-hmm. you and I know you're str- like you care so much about what you do and I know that yeah. that gives you confidence in yourself and I imagine mm-hmm. that it might have taken a while for you to ask for that help or to talk about it because you're just kind of yeah. in go mode and you're just like I need to attend to this person then I have to attend to that person and then I have to attend to this yeah and that you're just going with it but yeah it really wears you out mm-hmm. like I was feeling very burnt out and I was like I don't want to be that that nurse that like gets burnt out and like hates going to work because I love my job, but it definitely, it will wear on your soul. And that's why it's so important. And why I'm really happy that we decided to talk about this topic because it's, it's so important to take care of yourself so that you can be better able to like, in my um, case, like be a better nurse for my patients. You know, like be able to be a better caregiver yeah. because I'm taking enough care in myself. Yeah. And then even, you know, we're talking about this professionally right now, but even then when you are taking care of yourself in a professional way, then you're also able to actually be a better version of yourself, I think, in your personal life. 100%. Yeah, because I know, like, we didn't really get to catch up or, like, have our friend time. And I'm sure, like, you weren't able to, you know touch in with your friends or just the things that mm-hmm. like you personally need to do, like furnish your apartment and yes. all those kinds of things. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because I was doing nothing but living at the hospital. Yes. And I think that when we look at it from the perspective of people who aren't in helping fields, like even mm-hmm. someone who actually, well, maybe in the helping field, but someone that works, you know, as a 
caseworker or something, you know, they can go into work oh, yeah. and only be there nine to five. But what they're putting into that nine to five is so much intense compassion for others and yes. nurturing yes. of others that mm-hmm. sometimes they forget to take care of themselves outside of that. Yeah. And when I think about the time that I needed the most self-care for me, it mm-hmm. came after the show and even during yeah. the shows. So yeah. I mean, I want to ask you how you kind of dealt with taking care of yourself, both on Bachelor and on Paradise and maybe like in between those two, how you balanced work and taking care of yourself. And then also on the show, like how you balanced, you know, developing that relationship, both with him and with the girls, but also where did your self-care come in and what did that look like? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's what I was kind of, I guess boring on the show (laughs) because I I mean like not like boring but you know I I didn't really want to entertain any of that extra drama because that was just that would just weigh on me Mm -hmm. you know so like I would take time like while I was on The Bachelor and I would I'd have my journal and journaling is something that is is very important to me it just kind of helps um me like collect my thoughts you know and I don't know, something about like actually like inking them down into the paper, you know, just kind of like helps release like those thoughts and like those worries and like things that I had been, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that have been like weighing on me. Yeah. I've talked about so, journaling on here before too. And, um, mm-hmm. it's something that I do from my own, you know, personal self care. And I've gotten a lot of questions of like, how do you go about journaling? And for me, you know, more stream of consciousness for me, I just start mm-hmm. writing. <laughs> Exactly. I always start mine off with I feel and then I try to like fill that in with an actual emotion and then I try to at least write one page. Yeah. 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 But sorry, continue your other things. Yeah. (laughs) I did a lot of that on the show. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of journaling, a lot of time like to myself, just kind of like think about the weird environment that we were in and how like how I felt in those environments and um yeah, just trying to stay sane. Yeah. Well, and you did, I mean, like a decent amount of working out. I yes. remember yeah. we, like there wasn't anywhere to actually work out. So we would just walk up and down the hill by the, yeah. <laughs> the back of the mansion. <laughs> <laughs> we would just walk up and down it yes. and just chat with each other. But it would like, yeah, but it would get you at least like, it would remove you far enough away from the house where you could just kind of like breathe for a minute mm-hmm. and then they would kind of forget about you so you could maybe like talk about <laughs> things that were bothering you and like you know pat your chest over the mic and yes. you know those, those little those little secrets for any future popular <laughs> people yes. just your mic just your mic they won't just know what you're talking about just keep patting it as you talk <laughs> <laughs> you really have a cough you know just keep banging your chest <laughs> oh my god we were so bad doing that <laughs> we were terrible <laughs> But yeah, like stuff like that, like just even taking time to just exercise, you know, get those endorphins going Mm -hmm. and it just really, really helps, helps keep you like centered. It's like, and endorphins are so good for you, you know, Elwood says it best. (laughs) Endorphins make you happy. Shout out to Elwood. And happy people just don't kill their husbands. (laughs) Yes. For all our male listeners out there. Okay. Elwood. Yes. Elwood. Yes. Attorney of law. Mm-hmm. And so how would you say it was different on Paradise? Or were there any things that you did differently for self-care on Paradise that maybe you didn't do on Bachelor? 
feel like paradise is just such a different animal, you know, like right? we're all together. It wasn't just like guys and girls, or it wasn't just a bunch of girls going after one guy. It was, you know, we were, we were all together. Like we just became like a little mm-hmm. paradise family. There was <laughs> a know? lot, a lot less stress, I think. Yes. So yeah, the, it was, doing it, it was, itself almost was kind of like a self-care. Like I know you had to take off of work and, you know, it was like, yes. you're going to go do this for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. Like I was doing that show. I was hopeful that like, you know, I might meet somebody, leave with a boyfriend, you know, something. Mm-hmm. But obviously that did not happen for me. And I'm very, <laughs> I'm thankful. <laughs> I love all our guys from Paradise, but y'all weren't my guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They weren't for you, but that's okay. No, but um, but yeah, I guess on on Paradise it was more we were we were all friends, so it was just kind of like talking through those experiences all together as a group. Mm-hmm. And so, what about like in between? You know, before I mean, after Bachelor, our lives kind of change and. We're still yeah. the nurturing women that we are. And, you know, you went yeah. back to nursing and, um, mm-hmm. but, but your life still kind of changes. And so I'm curious what, how that impacted your self-care. Yeah. Um, so like, I mean, after coming off The Bachelor, I just wanted to get, like get back into like my normal routine and my normal routine was, was work. So, mm-hmm. um, like I was lucky enough that my job gave me a leave of absence and I could just you know, whenever I got back, I could call them up and like get back on the schedule and get back to work. So after the show, I feel like that really helped me because, um, you're kind of a bit of a basket case after you come off that show. Yeah. What would you say you experienced feeling wise and even physically how it impacted you coming home? It was, it's so weird because like you wake up and you're like, okay, there's no one coming in to tell me to get mics. Like all of my, there's, not two other girls in my bed right now. Like we're just <laughs> <laughs> not sexual. Like it's just like, yes. it's your little family. It's like mm-hmm. you're, you're suddenly like you've been immersed in this tiny little world where you don't have to worry about food, what time you have to get up. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about what you're supposed to do for the day. You're just there yeah. waiting to see if you're going to go on a date with a guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> And then when you come back home, but, it's like this weird universe that now you're like, wait, yeah, wait, what do I do yeah. now? And then there's like yeah. so much unknown and like that creates a lot of anxiety. And I know for me, like well, yeah. I had a very different situation, but experienced a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression yeah. even before the show even started yeah. airing. Yeah. And that, I mean, I definitely needed to practice a lot of self-compassion and a lot of self-care in between yes. that time. Well, yeah, because, like, you just, you don't know what the edit's going to be like, and especially in your instance, like, you, oh, okay, you, you got shit on. <laughs> Thanks, D. <laughs> I've always got you. <laughs> Thanks. You are my self-care. You definitely helped give me perspective on my situation and, like, be practice being oh. kind to myself, and there were a lot of phone calls that lasted many hours. <laughs> yes. But I think they were they were good for both of us, though, too. Yes, so. definitely. And that's, I mean, our experiences is through this weird universe of going on a reality TV dating show. But even when yeah. any kind of new change comes up in life or new experience that can be difficult requires this attention to self-care. And yes. again, it's important to remember that that's totally okay. <laughs> yes. 
Like I was, I was very grateful. I have a very strong group of women here in Nashville and I made a very strong group of like female friends, like from the show. And I think I personally felt very lucky and that I had a lot of support going through the show. And they were very like, if there was an episode coming up that I was like really freaked out or scared of, it was like, I really didn't have to worry too much because I had this incredibly strong group of friends that was like, no matter what, like, we'll either hold you through it, we'll cry with you, we'll yell at you, we'll troll people, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That for me was very important, having Mm -hmm. like a very strong like friend group. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think social support is such a big component of self care. We can get so much from that, mm-hmm. but I think it's so important to actually take the time to figure out which friends are actually going to fill your cup and which friends actually yes. might be draining more from your cup. Yes, and that's a that's a very difficult thing to realize too, mm-hmm. because like I've I've had those instances too, and like I still like love these people very much, but it was a time in my life when I needed to really like focus on me and people that were like bringing what I needed into my life. Like Mm -hmm. I, I I needed to like hold on to those people. And if I was having to give too much of myself to make sure that the other person felt safe and happy and like, I want everyone to feel safe and happy, but if I was Mm -hmm. having to give too much just to make sure that that person felt like they were still getting attention to, it was like, I, it was, it was, it was difficult. It was a very difficult yeah, it becomes exhausting. Yeah, because I I just been through. I mean, it, it it's a fairly traumatic experience. <laughs> it's a good experience, but it's like it's still traumatic. Yes, it took me so long to actually come to the terms that like what I went through was a traumatic experience, both being on you it 100%. and after it. Yeah, like yes, yeah. and it's very hard to actually identify that and vocalize it, but. Yeah. Again, once you, for me at least, having the social support is so -hmm. important. And like even the friends afterwards that I knew kind of would drain my cup, like if I had a bunch in my cup and I felt like I was really full and I felt like it was a good day and that I had practiced a lot of self-care, you know, I had exercised a bit, I had ate well, I maybe had Mm -hmm. taken a bubble bath. I did things that helped me feel better about myself and helped me feel happier that then I could give a little bit to those friends who sometimes were a little bit draining. But if I was struggling to get out of bed, if I barely could answer the phone, if I hadn't eaten anything till four o'clock in the afternoon, like I could not have a phone call with that friend who was going to just drain all of my energy exactly and thankfully you were one of the friends that would fill me up so thank you (laughs) oh no problem (laughs) okay yeah and I mean I think I kind of just defined a little bit about what self-care is but do you have any kind of specific definition or like a way that you would explain what self-care is and maybe it's something specific to you yeah, I feel like it's it's so different for everybody. It, it it I think it's one of those things you have to like sit down with yourself and be like, okay, what would feel really good right now? Like, what's something I can do for myself? Is it like, is there a shirt that I really wanted at the store? Like, that would that feel good? Is it um, taking a bubble bath? Is it mm-hmm. you know just vegging out and getting like your favorite flavor of cookie dough and like binge watching <laughs> your favorite new show? Like. I knew going into this episode that you were going to bring up that no-bake cookie dough. I knew it. <laughs> I was like, 
was like, even in my notes, I was like, hmm, well, I want to discuss what self-care is. And I was like, she's going to bring up that no-bake cookie dough that she loves to get. It's so good. But on a real note, clean eating and regularly exercising are great ways to practice self-care. But they can also be super difficult to actually keep track of. So one thing I've been doing is using this app called LifeSum, which actually helps keep me accountable with the meals I'm eating and when I'm exercising. And I've really actually been loving the premium features that LifeSum has to offer. For example, the healthy recipes. LifeSum recommends recipes according to the healthy eating plan that you choose. I've been trying out different ones, and right now I'm on the ketogenic plan. And one recipe that I actually love from this plan is the green smoothie. It's got mango, avocado, avocado, ginger, spinach. It's super, super simple to make and actually incredibly delicious. You guys can sign up for a premium membership for 30% off and get access to amazing healthy recipes like this by going to lifesum.com slash let's talk. That's 30% off for a premium membership. Go to lifesum.com slash let's talk. But I do think specifically talking about food as self-care is really important because, again, as this episode, as a follow-up to the alcohol abuse episode, mm-hmm. we discussed, you know, when you get home from work, yeah. like some people view that as their self-care of like, eh, is it five o'clock yet? Okay, it's five o'clock. It's time for my self-care. I'm going to have this bottle of wine. And it's like, whoa, yeah. hold on. Wait a minute. How yeah. is this going to fill your cup? How is this actually going to you know, give you some more energy and help make you feel better about yourself and where you're at and give you more life, you know, is eating the whole carton of ice cream going to do it? Because you might actually not feel great after that. Yeah. So like, that's why I don't eat all of the cookie dough. (laughs) (laughs) Just a few bites of the cookie dough. and Just a few bites. (laughs) Yes. Because I think it's really important to distinguish between actually engaging in self-care versus numbing or avoiding as a way to cope because practicing self-care is a type of coping skill. It's Mm -hmm. how you're going to deal with life and how you're going to deal with the stressful situations and problems that you encounter. And I think it's important that when you practice self-care that you're working through those things or doing things that are going to Mm -hmm. give you energy to be able to work through those problems as opposed to getting drunk or eating a bunch yeah. and binging on stuff that you're actually not yeah. filling yourself. I mean, you are, yeah. but not in, <laughs> not, in <laughs> not in the self-care kind of way. <laughs> right. And that's where, and I feel like, like journaling and stuff really helps me too, again. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll sit in the bath and I'll just have like my, my journal up there and I'll like journal in the bath at the same time. It's great. Mm-hmm. Because you're just like, you're relaxed. Your body's actually in a state of like relaxation. But, like, your mind is like, okay, I'm just going to, like, shut all these thoughts out, you know? You know, like, I'm going to get them out. Yeah. And that's that's a great, I think that that's the kind of self-care that's actually helping you move through things. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes self-care is, like, glamorized in this way, that it is just all, like, yeah. fancy bubble baths and drinking champagne and getting pedicures. And certainly sometimes a pedicure is very needed. Yes. Especially as a nurse, I'm on my feet a ton. And my legs and my feet hurt. So if I, if that's what I need, yes. <laughs> that will make me feel a lot better. Yes. <laughs> Just having someone like massage my feet, I'm good. Yes. And, and like sometimes it is that glamorous stuff, but other times it isn't Mm -hmm. like, you know, I shared earlier about post show, like sometimes it's just really hard to get out of bed and 
Sometimes yeah. if I got out of bed before 2 p.m., that was like self-care. That was a success for me. And sometimes like that was the best thing that I could have done with my day. Yeah. Which is sad, but that's also what anxiety and depression does to you sometimes. It does. And there's no shame in talking about it. No, no shame at all. In fact, I think it needs to be talked about a lot more. Yeah. Was there a time or anything that, you know, you're comfortable sharing where your self-care maybe wasn't as glamorous as pedicures or bubble baths? <laughs> Ooh, uh, I don't know if I want to talk about all that stuff yet. <laughs> Is there anything that's going to be not as big as that stuff? Um, I don't know. That's like, like, like my ex stuff. That's all I can think about right now for like when I was like really bad with the self-care. <laughs> yeah, and that's totally fine. You know your boundaries and you know what you're comfortable sharing. And I don't want you to share anything that you're not comfortable sharing yet. So that's totally, totally okay for you to stand your ground and say, that's not something that I'm open or willing or comfortable to share right now. Saying no is also a form of self-care with knowing your boundaries. And I mean, you don't have to fully go into what all of that was. Maybe we can walk through this to an area where you do feel more comfortable, which again, you can say no to. Are you comfortable just discussing ways that you took care of yourself or ways that you struggled to take care of yourself? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like a point where I, I've definitely been there where like I couldn't get out of bed. I didn't want to do anything. I wasn't eating. I wasn't doing like anything that was good for me. But like I, I definitely had a moment where I felt like I woke up one day and I was like, I just don't want to keep living like this. So Mm -hmm. I made an appointment to start like some yoga classes and it was like that like just meditating through like the pain and like things that I was experiencing really 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 helped like it was was, like if you're carrying around like that anxiety and like that depression can just be so paralyzing Mm -hmm. and it, it keeps your body in this like permanent state of like tenseness and like yoga for me was something that actually helped my body finally relax like it, it felt like the first time in like months I had actually let myself breathe. And yeah, I'm very, I'm very mm-hmm. big on yoga. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like even just allowing your body to move through that allowed your mm-hmm. mind to move through some of it. Yeah. And I'm curious, I mean, like, did you find yourself still trying to take care of other people during that time and neglecting your self-care? Um. No, not during that time. I was so lost to the world, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was not a not a good mm-hmm. time for Danielle. Well, and that, that's totally okay to not have those times. And, you know, I think you've done a lot of work on your experiencing of that and on, yeah. you know, your self-care to process all mm-hmm. of that. So thank you for sharing what you did there. And I think mm-hmm. a topic that we discussed earlier on about through the holidays and things being really hard at work, that that perhaps is another example where self-care was really hard, but where you actually were still giving to other people and you were like pouring from a totally empty cup, but somehow there was still stuff coming out of it. (laughs) There's just enough that I had to give. There's just enough going in that I could give it back out. Yeah. That's really, really hard to do. It is. It is. But I feel like that balance and stuff is has come back for me thankfully mm-hmm. and yeah one thing I think and, that people often forget about too is like we kind of touched a little bit on asking for help but also specifically when it comes to like a workplace issue of mm-hmm. delegating as a as a caregiver yeah. you know mm-hmm. that 
maybe you ask a different nurse to tend to that one specific thing or take that one test or something and that not all of it has to be on your shoulders. No, exactly. And that's another really great thing about the healthcare field. There's, uh, at least like in the hospital that I work in, there's always a resource, you know? So if you're like drowning in an assignment and you like just, you need, you need to take a breath or you need help. Like there's always someone there that you can be like, okay, I need, I haven't taken a bathroom break since I've gotten here and it's now like 7 a.m. So mm-hmm. I need to go do that. Can you like draw this lab or something like that? Like it's, yeah. it's okay to delegate tasks. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's so important. Even just your point on that basically is like take advantage of the support that you have around you and mm-hmm. not only in a caregiver professional setting, but also in your personal life. Like those yeah. people are around you and there are people in your life that do care about you and love you and want to see you nurturing yourself and will be supportive in helping you do that. And again, that comes back to like making sure that you're checking in with whatever kind of guilt you may be feeling or shame that you might be associating with asking for help and with acknowledging yeah. that you can't do everything and you can't be there for everyone at all times. And that is something... I touched on in the active mind speech that I did um, in terms of like the stigma and the pressures that people working in the mental health field have and that it's totally okay to say, I can't do all of this and I cannot be compassionate at all times. Like I need to fill my cup back up. I need to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Like (laughs) I haven't even gone to the bathroom in like seven hours. Like that's something that I think is so common for caregivers to just neglect their basic needs. Yes. Like food and going to the bathroom. Like it's so neglected. Yes. Like I remember when I was working, I did in-home visits with clients in Baltimore who um, were struggling with schizophrenia and bipolar and depression and a little bit of anxiety too there. But I remember there were days where I would go and I would see five different clients and I wouldn't be eating until I got back to the office at five o'clock. And I was like, whoa, I need to do something about this. Like I need to take 15, 30 minutes in between clients and have a freaking snack. Like I'm allowed to do that. That's okay for me to do. Yeah. Completely okay for you to do. And it's encouraged. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I think even in our personal lives too, like you don't need to, you know, have the two hour conversation with your friend being her friend to pissed. Um, you don't have to then also go straight into doing a favor for another friend and then going straight into doing something for your mom. Like it's important to take those breaths and take those moments to fill your mm-hmm. cup back up because then then when you go on to help that next friend, your cup will already be higher filled oh, that then yeah. talking with that friend will actually just continue to fill you as opposed to drain you. Yes. And that's a really important balance to find, like mm-hmm. what fills you up enough to be able to, to give and also receive like at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like I know if I fly back from New York and I get to Seattle that day, I know that Mm -hmm. anything I do that day when I get back home is going to drain me. Like after that day of travel, I have to do something of self-care, whether it's I need to take a shower or I need to take a nap or I just need to like snuggle with Theo and Lily for an hour (laughs) before I can give to anyone. I know that that was something that would drain me. Yeah. Pet therapy. Pet therapy is the best. (laughs) 
Yes. I'm a full proponent of pet therapy in case anyone was wondering. (laughs) Yeah. But in bringing up pet therapy and in bringing up, you know, that hanging out with animals is a form of my self-care. I know that those are the things I know that will fill me up. And I've also taken the time Mm -hmm. to know the things that will drain me and take away from my self-care. And some of those things are really important things that like we need to get done, like pay my student debt. Doing that is stressful. Mm -hmm. It takes out of my cup, but that's okay. That's okay for that to do that. It's important to then make sure that you follow up with filling your cup up. Exactly. Yeah. Are there any things in particular that you've been able to identify as things that take away from your cup or that drain your energy? Well, being on nights, like, it's really very draining, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. just in general. But on the opposite side of that, there's, like, a really fun group of nurses on nights, too. So it's, like, we kind of, like, get each other through each shift. But things that are really draining, like, like sometimes it's, it's weird to, like, get up and be, like, making yourself dinner when you're just waking up mm-hmm. but like you have to have like food to eat at work um trying to have time to like work out because you're so tired like you go to bed at 8 a.m you wake up at three o'clock in the afternoon like think about that like if it were yeah. on like like a like a day shift schedule like you go to bed at 8 p.m but then you're waking up at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. that's what I do all but I do it at like during the daytime so like my body's just all messed up so that's a very it's very draining yeah so maybe Um, you know on those days when you work night shift that trying to work mm -hmm. out within two hours of waking up is not going to be beneficial to you and is just going to continue to drain you even though it is a form of self-care it's not the time for it yeah so sometimes I either have to try and like if I'm going to work that night like I'll get up in the morning and I'll work out at like 8 a.m and then I'll go to bed for the rest of the day and then wake up in the afternoon Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like you just, you just can't sleep anymore. <laughs> that also happens. And then, <laughs> and then I'll wake up and try and like go to the gym. And and sometimes it'll be like more energizing too. So mm-hmm. it's like it's just trying to like be more in tune with your body and see like what you're needing that day. And if you're really needing to just not work out that day and like sleep until five o'clock in the afternoon and then get up and go to work, then you got to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think it really comes down to time, you know, finding the time for the self-care, knowing when it's appropriate for a specific kind of self-care versus another. And even in relationships, like the self-care that you take for the relationship itself that you're in, that is also a matter of making the time. And I think we let so many other things take over our time and determine what our timing is, but I think it's so important to delegate that time for yourself. For me, yeah. even going to therapy is like, okay, this is the at least one hour a week that I know I'm going to engage in self-care and do something for myself. Yeah. And you know, that's also really great too, because, and I've used it before, um, my, like most hospitals have like employee assistance programs where mm-hmm. you can go and you can make an appointment and you can just talk to a therapist, you can talk to a counselor, like you can talk about anyone like if you have a really rough assignment you know or like you you lost a patient or something like that like there are thankfully those resources um at most hospitals for the employees to just like talk through like the experiences that they just had you Mm -hmm. know 
Yeah. And even like you mentioned earlier, the yoga, like even signing Mm -hmm. up for a yoga class once a week, that's at least the time that you know that you're committing for your self-care. And and maybe, you know, that yoga class will come up and you're just finishing a night shift and you don't have the energy for it. That's okay to not go and do that. You know, it's, it's really focusing on what's going to fill me up and what's, what can I do right now? That's going to help give me some energy versus what is just only going to continue to take out of my cup. But again, it's, it's taking the time for that. Yeah. And then or like even just deep breathing, like doing some like meditating before you go to bed too, like Mm -hmm. that in itself is really good self-care too. It's starting to like relax you and like, you know, like all of like the different stressing stuff of the day. You can actually yeah. get a good night's sleep or a good mm-hmm. day's sleep, whichever schedule you're on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And talking about, you know, just getting ready for bed and, and trying to unwind for the day uh, brings me to my little takeaway slash homework assignment um, that I wanted people to maybe kind of focus on throughout the week and something that I'm going to make sure to do and also something that brought me even to doing this episode was because, you know, mm-hmm. we had had this conversation and we were both like, we're really struggling with our stress right now and taking care of ourselves. And even to the point where for me, I got like physically sick, like my immune system was so weakened that then I got a cold because I was so stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. just giving in all the areas. Too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but it's, it's your body's way of telling you like, okay, slow down. Like, it's really Mm -hmm. time for some self-care because you've just gone and gone and gone. Yes. And I think that's something that's so common is people don't actually take the time to take care of themselves until they actually get sick and their body is literally saying, you need to stop and give to yourself right now. So hopefully, hopefully doing this takeaway exercise will prevent that from happening. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) I want us you and I, Danielle, and also everyone else who's listening, to focus on one self-care item per day, which, I don't know, does that sound like a lot to you or does that not sound like a lot? Are we doing like a different self-care item each day or just like... No, it could be the same one every day. Okay. Okay. No, I think that's good. Okay. Because my goal here is to wake up and ask yourself, what's one thing I'm going to do for myself that's going to help fill my cup? So that then when you're getting ready for bed, you can say, what was one thing I did today that was just for myself? I like that. Yeah. Because even as I was starting to develop this cold, (laughs) I remember (laughs) I was brushing my teeth and I was like, God, I'm just so exhausted. And I don't feel like I've gotten anything out of my day. Like I did a lot of stuff and I cared for a lot of other people and everything that I did Mm -hmm. was for other people. And I couldn't think of one thing that day except literally go to the bathroom that I had done for myself (laughs) that like made me feel good. (laughs) I was like, that was a good one. I'm proud of that. (laughs) But there really wasn't anything else in the whole day. And then I tried to think what did I do yesterday that I did for just myself that was self-care and Mm -hmm. I couldn't think of anything. Yeah. So that, so that means you need to, you really need to like take more self Yeah, absolutely. And so maybe going forward in the week, you know, we can wake up and decide on one thing or make it a point throughout our day to give ourselves a five minute break and focus on our breathing or, you know, yes. schedule and go to that yoga class or take that nap if you need it. Like something that's going to Love be for nap. you <laughs> with, <laughs> with no judgment. You know, you cannot judge yourself in doing this and taking the time for yourself. Remember, it's not selfish. 
This is not anything that means you are taking away from other people or that you should be giving mm-hmm. to other people. It's okay to just take that time for yourself to fill your cup up because then you will be able to better give to other people and that will in turn fill your cup up even more. So make yourself a priority. It's okay to ask for help. Self-care is not selfish. No, it's not selfish at all. And you know what? This conversation has really filled up my cup. Aw, I filled up my cup too, actually. And usually I after really I really did. <laughs> usually after I record, I'm like really drained because I'm like, well, that was a lot, and I like I gotta go do something for self-care. But I actually feel very energized from this conversation. So <laughs> I know, I do too. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so, so, so much for continuing our conversation here on the podcast. Yes. It means so much to me, not only as a friend, but also just as, you know a host. Oh, hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Like this was a topic like we had discussed that, you know, I I really wanted to to talk about like on a platform like this because I know there are a lot of nurses and like therapists and like people in the healthcare field that like probably feel exactly like I do. <laughs> so Yeah, absolutely. It's a real yeah. issue here and mm-hmm. is something that I want to make sure we talk about on the podcast to just encourage people to know that it's okay to talk about these things and it's okay that you might struggle yeah. with these things because you're so not alone. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> there's yeah. so many people that, that feel the same. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much. And if you guys want to follow Danielle, you can find her on Instagram at dmaltby. That's at D-M-M-A-L-T-B-Y. Thanks, Peg. (laughs) Thank you. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk About It. I'm so thankful for your feedback and for having wonderful guests like Danielle on. I would love to hear what you guys find helpful and what you guys want to hear more of. So you can leave a review on iTunes or you can shoot me an email at ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. You can also find the podcast on Instagram at let's talk about it underscore podcast. Thank you guys so much. I'm looking forward to talking with you again next time. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've shortened the time from harvest to home for our tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So no matter how you shop, you have more time with your fresh produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. And now, shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 